Well, round 14 delivered everything you could have asked for. Upsets, send-offs, drama-charged footy. Well, it's everything a league fan would ask for. AJ and Rish recap the massive weekend of footy, which included an ambush and a tank bowl. This is the league scene's look at round 14 of the NRL season. Welcome everyone to the League Scenes Look at Round 14 of the NRL season. I'm AJ Luke Antonio, contributor of the League Unlimited website and the Front Row program. Joining us as always is a contributor from Nothing But League, Ray Sullivan. Howdy, howdy. It's nice to have you here, my friend. Round 14, we're, we're going through it now at a bit of a turbo pace. Yeah, it's getting very, very fast, but we are enjoying the season all the way through. And, you know, very nice round footy, some very good games. Um, so, yeah. Should be fun to go back and look at these. Let's get through it. We're going to kick off on Friday night this time. It was a convincing win for the Cowboys. 31 points to 12 over the St. George Illawarra Dragons. And it has to be said that the Cowboys continue to motor despite the fact players are withdrawn, despite the fact that some players were in and out of the team, didn't train all week, yet they can come together and put on a terrific display of football like we saw in that opening half hour. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, I think... The Dragons built into the game really strongly. They had the first try. They looked to be the more dangerous team to start. No, they didn't. Cowboys did. Cowboys scored the first try. Sully didn't get one to before halftime. Sorry, they scored an early try, I meant, in being in that first half. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys looked solid the first few minutes or the first for the first half, but. Again, it's just something we've seen. Wait, never mind. I'm thinking of a different game. I'm thinking of the Tigers game. No. Yeah. The Dragons, the Dragons looks absolutely dog water for the entire you're, game. You're thinking about the Warriors game. <laughs> the Warriors game, yeah. The Dragons looked absolute dog water the entire game. Um, yeah, they did. It has to be. Um, first of all, we'd like to acknowledge Jonathan Rubin, the oldest debutant, obviously excluding Ryan Hall. Yep. You were praying he was going over after that intercept, eh? Yeah, I'm amazed that they were able that, that five Cowboys players were able to get in front of him. You don't normally see that when a winger takes an intercept. Um, but yeah, obviously great to see. But outside of that, you know, oh, feel good story. There isn't really much to like about the Cowboys' performance, is there? You know, can we point the oh, sorry, finger? The Dragons' performance. Can we I'm point having... the finger? I'm having one of those days, aren't I? Um, can we point the finger at an obvious target? Can you point the finger at an obvious target? I can. Look, Zach Lomax was made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, that's my target. Uh, five errors he made. Which... But the things that the things that get me though, the flick pass in his own end when they're trailing. Like, what yeah. the fuck's that about? Just get the football out of yardage and at least compete through the middle. Yeah, I agree. And then he blamed Tiao Tiao Moga for, the, for his shit cutout pass. Yeah. Um, outside of, outside of um, Lomax, I thought uh, Andrew McCulloch 
very effective out of Donny Half. Especially when you compare him to what Reese Robson was able to do on the other side. Um, he plays for of game this weekend, mate. Yep. But I think uh, the Dragons have got to be really letting go of Reese Robson, aren't they? Yeah. And also Moses Semba, he got given the start. He wasn't anywhere like predominantly better than um Naka. And then off the bench, Josh McGuire, 23 minutes, four carries. Yeah, that's pathetic. Yeah, come on, man. you got to be doing better than that. Uh, let's just take a look at some of the players that are off contract quickly for the Dragons next year. So you've got Billy Burns, Pawasa Farmasili, Jackson Ford, Jack Gajewski, Josh McGuire, Tau Tamoga. We haven't seen three out of the six in first grade this season, so they're probably all gone. Uh, but there's got to be some other players that have got to take some accountability too, like Jack DeBellin, so-called leader of the forward pack, wants to play for Papua New Guinea at the World Cup. He's got to lift his game. Um, Cody Ramsey tried, Ben Hunt tried, but apart from that, even Moses Sully, you could probably throw in at a ring for trying. Jaden Sewer as well off the bench, first game back. But apart from that, you're clutching at straws, aren't you? Yeah, but let's look at the Cowboys for a second, because again, we have to talk about... The positives. The positives of the Cowboys. Uh, Scott Drinkwater, excellent. Yep. What he has been since he came back into that fullback jersey. Mm-hmm. And to be fair, Tabby Afadou did pretty well as well. I would say, you know, because there are two games. I think Billy Slater effectively said that the Queensland wing spot that's being vacated by Xavier Coates will be given to either Tabuai Fado or Mori Tulangi. Yeah. Um, obviously, they got two games to prove themselves. You have to think round one did go to Tulangi. He did. They did it both had pretty similar numbers. Tabuai Fado, 14 carries for 123 yards. Tulangi, 17 carries for 144 yards. Too long, he did have that try. So, if you want to go a bit further, post contact meters after carries, because we saw how important the meters after contact were, especially at state of origin time. Do you think that's a figure that Billy Slater looks more importantly at than the run meters? Man, I think the selectors looking at every figure. So, definitely think they'll keep an eye on that. Um, outside of that, Chad Townsend had one of those games where you don't really notice him too much. And Honestly, those are probably the games where Townsend is best. Games where you're not seeing his name called that often. Mm-hmm. He's just to do 13 kicks, 451 meters. Yeah. You know, that is really, really solid. Um, Unfortunately, though, Reese, it, it comes at a cost this win, doesn't it? Yes, it does. Um, Helium Lukey. Felt for the bloke. Absolutely yeah, felt for him. Has it been confirmed he's out for the season? Ruptured ACL, yes. Yeah. So. That's fucking no. devastating. He was just coming into form. I thought he did really well with Nanai absent. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, the Cowboys get Nanai back this week, correct? Uh, let me just have a quick gaze. Yes, Nanai's back. Yeah. But they're also starting Connolly Lamulu, and he's off to the um, Dolphins next year. Yeah, I heard about that. That's but also... Very, very well, interesting signing by the Dolphins. While we yeah, are here, he played really well. While we are here, we might as well touch on the fact Luciano Leilua has yes. gone effective immediately to the North Queensland Cowboys. The Tigers put out a statement this afternoon saying that they wish him well in North Queensland. Now that Helam Lukey's gone for the year on top of Mitch Dunn, this signing makes total sense. Yeah, and I, I think it's clear the Cowboys definitely pushed this over the line, um, but. It was also pretty clear that Luch had 
massively massively quit on the Tigers, especially after they sacked Maguire. Um, well, I thought I'll, I'll touch on their effort in a minute because I thought it was pathetic on Sunday. It definitely was, but yeah, I think it was pretty clear that the it's in the best interest for both sides to part way immediately. Um, Lou was already heading to the Cowboys for twenty twenty three, so uh-huh. you know making that move six months earlier doesn't hurt anyone, and it just strengthens that Cowboys pack. But yes, they are dealing with a couple of injuries, like we said, Dunn and now Lukey, but. You know, they already have Jeremiah Nana. They already have Jason Tamaloa. They already have Ruben Cotter, who didn't play this week. They got Jordan McLean, Cohen Hess, Tom Gilbert, who are all playing really solid football. Lemu Lemu as well. They're and all they're all there. And adding Luciano they lure to that. Mate. It's a little bit scary. I'm not gonna lie. It's a little bit scary. As a Bronco supporter, you're shitting your pants at the moment? As a Broncos supporter, I always think we can beat the Cowboys, but but it is getting a little bit scary. <laughs> Indeed, it is. We'll move on to Saturday now. It was a convincing victory for South Sydney, thirty points to sixteen over the Gold Coast Titans. The Titans tried hard, but as we were saying a few weeks ago, with some of the other teams down the bottom of the ladder, is trying hard, trying hard at the moment for the Titans. I don't think it's enough. Definitely not. And I mean, there were some. Really bright spots for the Titans. I thought Greg Marju had probably the best game of his career so far. Oh, didn't he? I thought he was outstanding. Two meters and only twenty-seven coming off kick returns. Just his go forward out of yards. Yet those sets which gave them the two penalties. Unfortunately, they weren't able to convert much, but it's still something. And of course, the elephant in the room. They were missing AJ Brimson and forced to play the Lord and Savior Jermaine Asako at fullback. Yeah. So that yeah. does come with a little bit of an asterisk, but I thought Tino backing up post-Origin was really solid. Yeah, Tino, Moe, and Bo Fermor all had excellent games. But again, you know, they left wanting Sam McIntyre, only seven carries in 71 minutes. Um, Aaron, Aaron Clark out of dummy half, very ineffective. Jared Wallace, 11 carries for just 85 metres. Mm-hmm. You know, Jamin Jolife, seven carries in 33 minutes. Sam Lasone, th- three carries in 21 minutes. You've got to look at the time, though, when they're on the field. They had to do a lot of defending when they were on the field. Yeah, I know, but that doesn't change the story. If you're oh, no, it doesn't. It's because you're making mistakes, either with your handling or with your discipline. And then, of course, you flip this, the script on South Sydney. Harmay Sele, 10 carries off the bench, 130 metres. Silva Vavili, 115. Mark Nichols, eight carries for 78. Even yeah. Peter Mamazoulos in 11 minutes had one carry for 13 metres. Yeah. More but, effective than Aaron Clark, you could say. But, more, but you know, reading up further, you know, because with the starters, they just dominated. Totola, 155 metres. Tom Burgess, 177 metres. Colin Matangi, 165 metres. Jai Arrow, 139 metres. With the potential origin drama surrounding Ola Kawatu, do you think Colin Matangi's done enough to potentially secure a spot? I think it's a very, very reasonable uh, proposition that he gets a chance at Origin. I think we both had him in our teams at the beginning of the year. Yeah, obviously he struggled a bit after mm-hmm. a good start to the year, but I think if he can follow this up with a really good performance this week against who is South playing? South, I believe, have St. George on Thursday night. Yeah, so it's, there's a really good chance that he can back this performance up with another great performance if he does that. I think he will definitely find his way into the New South Wales squad. Um, also, 
just because this is the conversation. Campbell Graham as well. Very, <laughs> very excellent game. Um, we we copped a bit of heat in the past week about this. <laughs> yeah, 210 meters. Um, Alex Johnston hat trick while we're throwing names out there. <laughs> yeah, Alex Johnston hat trick, of course. That, you first, know that's the first time in his career he's had back to back hat tricks? No, it's not. All, wait, it's not? No, he did it, I think, in 2021. I think he did it last year. He had a hat trick against the Knights and a hat trick against the Tigers. We're going oh, to go what? to Rugby League Project to confirm. That's, that's where I'm going too. Well, we'll on. have a race. We'll have a bit of a race. Hold on. I'm pretty well, sure. Yeah, I can't spell. No, I'm sorry. It's against Parramatta, then Newcastle. Oh, wow. Okay, geez. I heard Dan Ganane jump the gun, and Andrew Ferguson was straight away in our in our in our league unlimited space, is saying, "Nope, wrong." <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Well, I think the question has to be asked now: Can he catch Ken Irvine? I mean. Let's put it this way. It feels like he's been around forever. He's still only 27 and a half. I think he can get there. With the pace he's on, he can definitely get there. He's on 153 tries now. All right. In 180 games. In 180 games. Let's assume he gets to 250 games from here, which is still pretty much four seasons worth of games. It's a long way ahead. But if he keeps up this pace, he would definitely be 250th game right on the border of 212. Something we'll have to keep track of as well. And I think Damian Cookie had a bit of a poor origin game by a lot of people's standards. Service wasn't quite there. While there were a few sloppy passes, I thought overall he had a really solid game considering he was playing. I think, he, did he play the full 80 on Wednesday? Yes, he did. Okay, I'll continue playing the full eight in. We've got some stats around game speed from Origin we want to get to a little bit later too. Okay. So it was pretty interesting from Damian Cook there. But, okay, on a Saturday night now, Melbourne 26 defeating the Roosters 18. I have to say, as a biased Roosters supporter, that I thought for the most half of the game, I thought we were the better side. I really think that. And considering you take Luke Keery out of the equation as well and Sam Walker that at 15 minutes... It's an extraordinary effort by the guys. But at the same time, we need to look open-endedly. And I'm glad Trent Robertson's finally done this. Paul Momorowski's gone. Five tries coming down that side defensively. That's not good enough. It is Against nowhere the supposed near. defensive specialist center. Don't get... Uh, Penrith, we are, we are going to demand a refund because there is no defensive specialty in what you are providing <laughs> us. There is none. When Marion um, said they outmuscles you, you know you're fucking dog shit. Yeah, um, yeah, like you said, you know, the Roosters did look like the better team, but, but against the Storm, you have to be perfect. Don't do it to me. What do you think I'm going to do? You're going to bring up the Tupanua drop ball, aren't you? I'm going to bring up the Tupanua drop ball. Yes. Okay, I'm done. Good night, y'all. <laughs> Just mistakes like that. Oh, you know? yeah, 100%. 100% Watson mistakes like that. had a couple of errors. Don't get me started uh, on the forward passes. Hutchinson gave away two penalties or two set restarts for being inside the 10. Yeah. I'll, you know what Connor Watson's passing remind me of? I got flashbacks to Jake Friend. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you know what the most ironic thing what? is? 
the only players in your back line who didn't have an error were Paul Momorowski and Daniel Tupo. James Tedesco, actually, not Tupo. Oh, wow. So I thought Teddy had a good company game. there. Um, I thought Teddy had a great game. He was really solid coming out of yardage. Um, he did. I think I might get criticized for saying this, but Joseph Sawali is probably the best defensive center in the comp- uh, dot center, defensive winger in the competition. Cobo. Did he put Kikau and Kafusi flat on their asses? No, but he's more consistent in defending the edge. All right. Well, have, we might have, who knows? If, if you believe the Daily Telegraph and think Sawali might have a chance at Origin, we might get to see that matchup. I think he has a chance. I just don't think it's a very realistic chance. I think, it's, I think he's way too young. Like, 18 is still raw. Time, Sorry, at the same time, with the form he's in right now, you know, does age really matter? And that sounds very bad out of context, but, you know, the form he's in right now, it's easily, for most players, this would be their career best. 100% now. And for him, it's, well, he's only 18. 100% now. I want to get to something that I didn't really want to talk about, but I have to talk about it here. So, I've been trying to hold off. I've given the MRC the benefit of the doubt all season, but I think they've completely missed the mark here. And I get that the cases before the judiciary and all this yada yada bullshit, but to be honest, I think the, the grading here is fundamentally flawed. It is fundamentally flawed, particularly when you had the Nelson Asafa Solomona incident a good, what, 10 weeks ago now when he smashed in the head. They deem that a grade one. And then Annesley comes out and say, oh, it should have only been careless. I mean, the contact was forceful. The contact's forceful here. They have not learned their lesson. And is a clear grade two charge. But the, the MRC's borderline inconsistency here is fundamentally flawed. Yeah. I don't get it, mate. Like, it's clear for everyone to see. He lowers the elbow onto the face of Walker. Walker's lucky not to have any facial injuries, may I add. And I I just don't get how the charge system, which was supposed to be reformed and better, and we come out with a flawed finding like this. It's almost like when the play goes into the rock, the MRC stops looking at things. Like, and I get that I personally like an eye grads or a squirrel grip. I get that we've thrown out the rap sheets from the past, but you look back, Felice Kafusi ended Boyd Cordner's career with two devastating elbows to the head. I'm holding King responsible for that. Put Ryan Madison out for a good eight weeks. Yep. And then this, where Walker's lucky enough to not suffer any injury. Like, come on. Yeah. There's got to be something better. And to make matters worse, he's fighting this at the judiciary tonight. You know what the only big penalty is going to get? 700 bucks. Yeah. I I hope somehow the judiciary is able to upgrade the charge. Grade five stupidity? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> Great three baldy um mate i'm just i've held firm all weekend and i think it just needs to be set yeah i i agree with you 100 i think there's what kafisi did there's no place for that in the game no and 
for a league that is so focused on protecting the player's head, that or supposedly so focused on protecting players' head, they've it's really laughable. missed the mark on this one. It's laughable. And we waiting, and I think we said it a few times in the program this year, we were waiting for a test case like this, and yeah. they've missed the mark terribly. Massively. But um, I want to get away from this if I can and give some raps to some players. Nat Butcher, 56 tackles, only one missed. Amazing effort for an 80-minute player. Good job. Yep. Um, but I want to switch to Moblin for a second. Congratulations, Grant Anderson. Yes. What a story this young man is. He was from the Sunshine Coast Falcons system. Went down to Melbourne a few times for training and trials. Things didn't quite work out for him a few times. Came down this year, and of course, with Melbourne's injury crisis, he got his chance to play in the centres and bagged over for two meat pies. And the reaction afterwards, mate, that was amazing. It's the stuff you love to see in rugby league, you know? And yeah, there's stories like that are just awesome. Seeing seeing a kid who like genuinely has had to work his whole career mm-hmm. to get to this point. And he gets here and he makes the most of it with the two tries in debut. It's really, really great stuff to see. But it's also scary how many of these NPC players the Storm were able to find. That's just the thing about Melbourne. And I put it in my article uh, this week about it as well. Like, they can turn rocks into diamonds. Exactly. Or in the case of George Rose, rocks into more rocks. Um, Tom Relo Lars, Nate Miles, we can... Yeah. Basically, if you're an outside back or a lock going to Melbourne or a 5'8", you're going to improve your career. But if you're a prop, don't bother. The training regime's too much. Yeah. Okay. Now, Bruce, you'll be happy to know that we're moving on. Brisbane 24 defeating Canberra 18. And I have to say, this is one of the toughest and courageous victories in Brisbane Broncos history. Mm. Take us through the injuries. Yeah, so it was a very mature win by the Broncos. Um, but injury list um, really tells a story in this one. Herbie Farnworth out for the rest of the season with a ruptured uh, bicep. Can I just jump in for a sec? Is there a chance he'll be um, back for the World Cup? Very unlikely. Okay. Massive blow for England, that. No, I just I wanted to get that in early because... Yeah, I know good. how much England, and we've talked about World Cups in the program this year, that it could be a big boost for England to potentially get out of the quarters. Yeah. Now that this comes through, it's a massive blow. Yeah. Um, Adam Reynolds, broken ribs. He has not been named this week. Um, Payne Haas picked up an AC joint injury. He has been named this week, but he could only get through 28 minutes of work on Saturday. And you're giving and him up to Corey, the last minute. Yeah. And Corey Pace um, tearing his MCL. So that's going to be six weeks on the sideline for him. So massive injuries throughout the squad. But the team really adopted a next man up mentality. Oh, didn't you guys? Um, Paddy Carrigan, his leadership was excellent. Did you hear the mic'd up with yes, last did. night? That yes, awesome. I his, his coordination of the defense and then also letting the other forwards know where to attack was very, very awesome. Uh, TC Rabadi, 
very, very strong game. You could argue the best game of his career so far. And he's um, been rewarded by being left out at the 22. Yeah, look. Very cutthroat, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, <laughs> Tom Flegler was elite. Like 18 carries, 196 meters. You know, 54 of them coming post contact. Oh, wow. And to go along with, if I can slide across to it, da, 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 28 tackles. Holy dooly. What a game. Carrigan, Carrigan as well. I'll give a shout out to him. 46 tackles, 17 carries, 173 meters, 56 post contact. But the difference being, Paddy Carrigan's the star, Thomas Legler's the guy who keeps getting suspended. So. 100%. You know who I feel sorry for? Who? In the whole grand scheme of the game, it's Joe Tarpany. Yeah. 23 carries, 243 metres. Definition of putting the team on his back. Had an awesome game. And it was a, it was a fitting Canberra choke job in all grand respects. Because Corey, yeah. Corey Horsburgh dropped the ball in the last set of the game. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, Horsburgh had a very, very good game. Oh, he did. He scored a great try. Scored a great try, picked up 180 meters off 20 tackle, off 20 runs, sorry. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just that mistake. It's what you always see from him. He always makes that cheap little mistake. It's like he's um he's like he's on one of those Monty Python sketches. He's got the holy hand grenade of Antioch. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> uh but Canberra moving forward. Um I was of the opinion that they looked more gassed. In their performance, uh, because yeah, they were just struggling through the middle third. Like you could see it clearly. Like even though you blokes were out on your feet injury wise, they were just gutted. Yeah, well, I mean, Papa Lee was very ineffective. Yeah, twenty nine um, minutes. Twenty nine minutes, only four carries. Diabolical. Yeah, uh, Zach Wolford. Didn't have the performance out of the ruck we've seen in recent weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, Elliot White had five carries in 80 minutes. Like, he's supposed to be the leader of this forward pack. I am cringing right now, dude. Yes. Ryan Sutton as well, four carries in 29 minutes. Same as Papa Lee. He can't um, wait to go to the friggin' um, Bulldogs, allegedly, can't he? Yeah, exactly. Um... Look, it's what we expect from Canberra at this point. You have a few players playing really well, trying to win on their own. Mm-hmm. And then a bunch of players who just don't put the effort in. And it's weird to see for a coach who preaches discipline as much as Ricky Stewart. Just let this happen. So almost. Yeah, I'd say something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But look. At the end of the day, they win some games off individual brilliance. You know, Whiten wins them some games. Fogarty wins them some games. Xavier Savage wins them some games. Tomoko wins them some games. And obviously in the forward pack, you know, the work built off Hudson Young, Joe Tarpanay, you know, they win them some games. Indeed they do. You know, they got away with it last week against the Roosters because the Roosters were their own worst enemy. And they were missing Um, players. Yeah. All that. Sort of what I mean by their own worst enemy. Oh, yeah, um, 100%. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, they got away with it against teams like Cronulla, you know, 
who were in bad form. But when you're going up against a team like Brisbane, who will punish you for your mistakes, you can't. You have to have the whole squad playing well. And Canberra quite simply do. Yeah, it's safe to say that they are struggling, I think, at the moment, the Raiders. But hopefully they can turn their season right around. But anyway, it is time. Well, first of all, before we say it's time, it's important to note that the West Tigers sacked Michael Maguire this week. And because of that, it is time for another Tank Bomb. Got to say, a bit harsh to lump Manly in here with the rest of the battlers, but... At the time of the eight, they were close enough for a tank ball. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. Now, we've managed to obtain some leaked recordings out of the Tigers of Brett Kamoi, Brett Noddy Kamoi, making his awesome arrival. So, we're going to play you the audio. You might laugh at it. I warned you that I had something special in store. Jeez. Childhood childhood throwback? Yeah, I was expecting that. (laughs) So first of all, Noddy, welcome back. Um, I will say he already put a lot of Tiger Sands offside. Wasn't even, didn't even have his seat warm and decided to drop Jake Little. Oh mate! Oh no, the team was oh, sorry. picked before. Sorry to drop Simpkin. Sorry, drop Simpkins. The team was the team. This for that game wasn't his choice. It was picked before he was appointed. Okay, okay. But did he? Has he rectified that for this week? Let me have a quick look. See, let's he have. Was diabolical. We'll get on to who we think was diabolical in a second, but the Tigers do have another potential tank bowl appearance on Sunday. And let me take a look. Has Brett Kamoi put a cleaners through? No Jacob Little still there. Yuck. But they do have New Brown on the bench and Adam Dewey on the bench. Ooh, that one's interesting. Indeed. Now, focusing on the game, um, first of all, I need to acknowledge the fact that Brett Naden is a complete lol cow. Yes. That could have gone horribly, horribly wrong. Uh, I, I don't even want to think about that. That was just an awful, awful play. You know, yes, I understand when you're a centre tackling a forward, you have to go low, but at least try to make an effort to maintain control of the tackle. He just Naden lost all control. From the moment Naden made contact, he didn't have any control until he stopped Chaboyevich pressing down fully onto his head. Yeah, and Peter Goff was left with no alternative. Exactly. He had I to thought, be marched. I saw it live. I thought it had to be a standoff. I'm very happy that it was. If it was anything else, I would have thought it was very, very suspect. Um, yeah. But on to the game. Mainly, I thought we're good without being excellent. Yes, it was... The Tigers were very solid for the first half. Um, yeah, I agree. They just fell asleep. Yeah, they had the try with Garner. The one disallowed with Naden too. Yeah, exactly. Um, talking about the Tigers for a sec, Dane Laurie, we have to start having a conversation about him. And what conversation? I don't. Well, the conversation where we toss up 
if what he's experiencing right now is second year syndrome or if he's just really not that good. Let's have a bit of a gaze at the stats from that one. Have you got them up already? Yeah. So 11 runs, 84 meters, 37 of which came off kick returns. So already they're looking pretty bad. Five tackles made, one of which was ineffective. Five missed tackles. Tackle efficiency of 45.45%, the lowest in the Tigers by wow. far. Wow. Um, and then you look at the yardage in general, didn't, Kemba Marlowe. They didn't make any errors, but still, for a fullback, you have to be doing more, especially given the reputation he built last season. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel bad for Dane Laurie at the same time because – you look at all the good fullbacks in the competition, they build the foundation off a solid go for it, and the Tigers haven't been able to do that because the, when the starting props, um, Tamo, 6 for 50, Musgrove, 9 for 85, Offerhand Gowie and Twile come on and make almost triple the metres. In case of James Tamo, triple the metres. Yeah, I don't understand why. Well, I do understand, but I don't understand why those two are the, aren't the starting props. Um, 100%. Obviously. Obviously, the reason is because Tama has on too much money to bench. That's half the reason right there. Mm-hmm. But I have no idea how Musgrove has retained his spot. Um, yeah. Has he retained his spot this week? Let's take a look. Yes, they both have. Yep. Fair enough. Um, but they did start off the Hengawi and shifted um, Ghana to... And shifted... Um, who did they shift? They shifted off the... They started off the Hengawi at lock... Who'd they move at back row? They moved Talangi to back row. Okay. That's fair. Although I don't think off is a good lock at all. I think he's yeah. better prop. Um, I tend to agree there, my friend. But on a manly uh, for a second. We'll, we'll give one more positive note to the Tigers. Yep. Again, another excellent, excellent game by Jackson Hastings. You feel sorry for him. You really do. Um, 19 carries, 142 meters. Again, coming at 5'8". That's really ridiculous. Um, yep, yeah, 18 tackles as well, which, mm-hmm. to be fair, yes, Manly were attacking Luke Brooks all game, but 18 tackles for a half is still pretty impressive. And then five kicks as well for 152 metres versus Brooks, who's the supposed playmaker of the two, who had nine for 258. Yeah, 100%. I'm just looking at the referee appointments for this weekend. Who do the Roosters have? Fair enough. Oh, yeah, we got my favorite ref. I'm happy. Okay, sweet. The Ranger. Um, <laughs> but yeah, let's look at the Seagulls because. There's a lot to dissect here, isn't there? There's a lot to dissect. A bunch of players had probably their best games of the season in this one. Um, Oshay? We'll, yeah, but we'll start at the back. Ruben Garrick. God, he is such a good fullback. And I think and, it asks the question, if you don't mind me just butting in for a sec. Yeah. Uh, do you think it poses the question that a team that is in need of a fullback poaches has a look at Garrick's position? Because Tommy Turbo, when you, of course, he'll be back next season. But do you think Manly have to consider upping his contract? Because there's a fair chance, and not trying to bag Turbo here, but there's a fair chance he probably goes down again, just with the rod and luck he's had. Well, he's 100%. He, he is available. He's one of the players available on November 1st. Garrick? And I think he will 100% receive offers. To play fullback? With the caveat of him being able to play fullback. Mm-hmm. Because he's shown this season 
because of the form he was able to show last season when Turbo went down or when Turbo was playing Origin. Mm-hmm. I think if you had to make a list of the 16 best fullbacks in the NRL, you'd probably put him on there. I don't 100%. know. Who, I don't know who you'd put him over, but at the same time, if you're a team like the Dragons, who have really struggled to nail down a fullback all season, you have to be looking at him as potentially the savior. Um, but moving on from him, uh, Tola you know, oh my, there's been a lot of criticism of him. Really, and he was excellent 193 meters, only 18 of which came off kick returns. You know, only the one missed tackle, only the one handling error. He was superb. I'm surprised that there's been so much criticism of Cole, obviously, because he came in and get into the the what do we call it? The, the competition think, with so much hype. Yeah, exactly. I think the criticism, it doesn't stem from the, the way he's played. It stems from the way people thought he would play. Yeah, exactly. And then you go through there, forward pack, Josh Alley, 22-224, Hamali Okawatu, 17-179, Jake Chaboyevich didn't do his origin hopes any harm. Dylan Walker off the bench as well. That's right, 16-129, I missed that yeah. one. Really, really fantastic. Basically playing on the forwards for the whole game as well. Exactly right, my friend. But it's a good cheap win to boost their run into the top eight, I think, for Manly. But they need to look at their schedule realistically because I think – I don't know how their next five stacking up. I know this week that Manly are taking on the Cowboys. That's going to be tough at home. But if will, we look – Can I point out one more thing? Yeah, go ahead, mate. Sorry. Josh Schuster, because uh, <laughs> we criticised him. Right? We, we did. We criticised him a couple of weeks ago for playing two individuals. We did. All right. He had 42 touches against the Tigers. Wow. He passed the ball on 28 of them. That's not bad. That's a better pass to receipt ratio than Garrick. It's the best of any forward man we had. Oh, wow. Outside of Coker, of course. Yeah. So, yeah, he, he is playing a bit more second phase now. Which I think I he's think getting his hands bodes, on the footy a bit more, though. Yeah, I think it bodes really well for Manly. But hey, 42 touches, all right? You compare that. Walker had 25. Jerbo had 25. Um, you know, Foran had 58. So it's in line with those guys. 100% it is. Okay, moving on now to Sunday footy. It was a convincing win for the Penrith Panthers. 42 points to six over the Newcastle Knights. Penrith were dominant. There's no ask. There's no. Questioning that, but I need to pose a serious question to you, mate. Yeah. Does Adam O'Brien last past the rep round? I'm surprised he's lasting this week, to be honest. You reckon? I would have thought after that performance. Well, I understand it's against the Panthers, but it's pretty clear for Newcastle nothing has worked. And I like how he goes on and says, Oh, there are issues, but what are the issues? You've gone yeah, you're, to... you're supposed to be the one who addresses those issues. Exactly. You go on about, oh, you've had 20 years of issues, but you made ample final series. No doubt they needed to rebuild post the Nathan Tinkler stuff. There's no doubting that. But the ownership's been in place for a solid 10 years. Yes, you had those years where you won, what was it, three straight wooden spoons? Uh, yes, three straight. You had that, but Nathan Brown, I thought, did an ample job of the rebuild. 
getting the players in place, getting it there. He just wasn't the guy to take him to the next level. Adam O'Brien was the meant to be the dude that did that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, obviously, if he wants to hide behind an excuse for this game, he can turn around and say, oh, Kellen Ponger only played 15 minutes. That doesn't vote enough for me. That's not good enough. If Kellen Ponger plays 80 minutes, you still lose by at least 30. Yeah, there's no doubting, oh, Ponga wasn't there. That probably gives them some motivation in attack, and there's no doubt that they might be able to put a bit more pressure on the line when they had those sets just before halftime. We're not doubting that, but at the moment, Newcastle do nothing, and the defensive effort that sums it up was Dominic Young's bobsled-style push on the Billy Army Kikau tackle. Attack. That wasn't a defensive decision. That was a business decision. <laughs> you know? He's probably He probably saw what happened to KP and was like, thank fuck I didn't do that. Yeah. Um, to be fair, Young was pretty awesome. He was easily Newcastle's best player. Oh, no doubting that. But I will say, as a Broncos fan, we're starting to see those issues emerge with Milford that we saw in his last days as a Bronco. All right? 14 carries of the ball, but only 88 yards or 88 meters. You're talking in American football sense at the moment. Yards. Sorry. <laughs> My apologies. Um, you know, he had more receipts than Clifford. He was the more dominant playmaker, but he wasn't doing anything with it. And then defensively, you know, three missed tackles and two penalties given away. 100%. That's a big issue for the Newcastle Knights moving forward. But I want to move back to Penrith. I thought Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary had a lot to probably answer for in regards to probably a disappointing origin performance, and I thought they answered all the boxes. They ticked all the boxes for me, especially Cleary. He was outstanding, 18 points off one try, six goals, and he had his hand in... He always loves scoring big points against Newcastle, doesn't he? He's got the club record, I think. He did it in round 25, 2019. Yeah, that's what I was referencing. How many points did he have that game? I think 34 out of 54. Yeah. Something so, like that. I'll do a quick check because we like to be within the facts. Yeah, but he loves he loves to see the blue and red and score points. But yeah, uh, Cleary, you know, got his hands on the ball a lot. 75 touches. Um, and he passed on 50 of those touches, which is really good. Luai, I will say, Luai could have maybe done a bit more. 36 touches, 35 passes. Yeah, 100%. Just confirming, Luai, sorry, not Luai, clearly did get 34 points. I just did the math then. Yeah. I mean, Luai had, don't get me wrong, I think Luai had a very strong game, and obviously his passes led to opportunities for teammates, but I would have thought he could have maybe done a little bit more. But he had two try assists. He was really good playmaking, but I think running the ball, because that's his natural game. Yeah, it is, 100%. It is. And I wonder, um, I wonder if he, if Origin made him take a step back. His performance in Origin made him take a step back this week. See, see what he could do passing the ball more. Yeah, it's a hundred. It's a big one. Now I remember vividly looking at a tweet today, and Penrith are going to have a strong representation in rep round. There's only going to be three players that won't play in the rep round. You're going to have Paul Dylan Edwards, Mitch Kenny, and Jalen Salmon. Everyone yeah. else is going to be picked for potential representative games. That's an awesome achievement. It's crazy. Um, 
I will say, just to go back on the stats for a second. Mm-hmm. Brian Tall. Oh, yeah. He got a bit criticized in Origin. I thought it was a bit harsh. I thought the criticism on all the New South Wales outside backs was a little bit harsh. But yeah, especially Lance Fury. 23 carries, 268 meters, only 16 coming off kick returns, and two tries. 150% was impressive. But from everyone here at the league scene, we'd like to wish Ivan Cleary a speedy recovery. He was admitted into ICU over the weekend for blood clots in his knee. It's a scary time for him and his family. We wish, on behalf of the league scene, him all the very best. Yeah. 100%. Um, I will say, though, it's a good opportunity for Cameron Sorrell to add to his CV a little bit. Yeah, and that, what is it, five-year lifetime deal that the Tigers are planning? Yeah, I mean, that's a big commitment to make for a team that continually sacks his coaches. You know, if I'm Sorrell, though, I'm saying I'm only signing that contract if they sack Pasco, but yeah. Yeah, 100%. It's a fair point to make, but Moving on now to the last match of the Sunday agenda, and it was a big performance by the Sharks over the Warriors, 38 points to 16. Bell's covering this game for League Unlimited. Stacey Jones arrived. They were okay. They went out to that fast start again, but then they sort of went back to their old habits, give away a penalty, and then the blood, the floodgates well and truly open. Well, look at it this way. If Nico Hines had managed to pack the right boots, the Sharks would have put up 46, 48 points. 48. Well, if he converts everything, yeah, 48. Mm-hmm. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt that he could have missed one. Um, but. Yeah. He was unconvincing from Cronulla, in my opinion. Y- yeah, I agree. Totally I said, agree. I said on Twitter, that's the most unconvincing 22-point win I've ever seen. Oh, mate, I 100% agree. And I was just watching the game and thinking, when's the moment Cronulla are going to fully take over the game? And. I was waiting and waiting and waiting for potentially that margin to blow out a little bit. But I think Toby Rudolph had a handful of mistakes. Um, let me have a quick look-see for Toby. He had a pretty decent game, but he made a few errors. I'm not too sure where they are. Two errors, actually. Two unforced errors and two conceded penal- yeah. Excuse me, penalties. But Sharks' Twitter is an interesting bunch because they were all wanting Lockie Miller to play. <laughs> I mean, look, when Will Kennedy only has 73 metres, 61 of them coming off kick returns. They have a fair point. They have a fair point, especially he had less touches than CSC for Talakai. Wow. Um, and I've got to He say... had less touches than Mulatalo, the winger. Wow. For a fullback, that's unacceptable. That 14 touches. Even Ramian had more. That is that is unacceptable. Toby Rudolph had two less touches at the football. Aiden Tolman had one less touch. My God. And then he got yeah. Nico and Moylan out here with 95 combined. <laughs> yeah. Look. I want to switch tack, though. Yeah. To the Warriors. Reese Walsh tried his heart out, but... A lot of silly passes that led to tries against a runner play. Um, Chanel a couple has to... of times where players didn't pass the ball, which could have led to tries. Yeah. Rocco Berry, we're looking at you. Yep. Um, but 
there's some good signs to cannabis. Ronald Volkman's been thrown into the hot seat and will make his debut this weekend. And as a fellow, as a Rooster supporter, I've seen him come through the Greys and he was outstanding. But I hope he goes the best. One player who I thought had a really solid game, Jack Murchie. I gave him my one point. I was probably debating up between him and Torhu Harris. But I just thought his involvement's on the line, his play the ball speed and general awareness around the attack was yeah. enough for me. Play the ball speed for Murchie of 3.45 seconds. Only Warriors play to have a better one than that was Ewan Aitken. So, yeah. And to be fair, Aitken is known for his quick play the balls. Mm-hmm. Oh, you had um, Bailey Sirenen on the bench do a 3.24. Oh, yeah. Fair <laughs> enough. I didn't see that one. But I think there's a lot of positive signs to come out for the Warriors in this new Stacey Jones era. But they desperately need to get back home. Yeah, and... I hate to rat on players, all right? Has he got any sights? You know, especially when it's a player who is as revered in the game as this guy is. Sean Johnson? Yeah, Sean Johnson. I think we need to have that talk. He looks done. Mate, we don't need to have that talk. We need to tank for the back of the woodshed at this point. Oh, you reckon that bad? I reckon it's that bad, you know? He is such an overwhelming force in the Warriors' system. You know, he takes touches away from Harrison Zvita. He takes touches away from Reese Walsh and then doesn't do enough with him, you know. 10 carries for 78 meters. You know, when you're commanding so many touches, you have to be doing more. Three missed tackles, you know, one ineffective tackle. Tackle efficiency of 80%. Yeah, sure, for a halfback, that's okay, but it doesn't match what he's doing defensively. It doesn't match what he's doing offensively. And then the just the sheer effort. 100% it is. And I think... I remember there was one play where I'm pretty sure he put a kick in and has had to come down and make the tackle because they beat the uh, Berry and Wittini's Lesniak. Ah, uh, yeah. I remember the kick return now. Yeah. So the next tackle, uh, it's come. He's coming back into the line, all right? He has to come play center defensively because that's where he's coming back into the line. Mm-hmm. Play the ball comes. He's on side. He just walks backwards diagonally towards where he would be defending at halfback while that's out of the field. Yeah, it was a bit diabolical at times, wasn't it? Yeah, he has no interest of, you know putting himself on the line to try and help the team win the game. He just wants to do his job done, get his paycheck at this point, it looks like. I think he's... Um, we, we do like to talk about representative and rep rounds coming up in a fortnight. I think his New Zealand jersey's definitely gone. Yeah, he, 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 he lost that when they got beat by 60 points, and I think he hasn't had any form as of late when, to win that back. And when you look at the form Foran's in... Jerome Hughes as well. You know, you look at the form Foran and Hughes are in, that's easily the first choice, seven and six for New Zealand. And then you throw Joey Manu at the back. Yeah. That's They'll a have a strong team. side with, with, without him. And with him, it's almost like he is the weakest link. 100% he is. But anyway, you ready for an ambush, my friend? Oh, we love a good ambush, mate. Canterbury 34 defeating Parramatta 4. Now, how was our popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> Someone let the dog out. <laughs> I mean, I was out... 
at Vivid last night. So I was, I was in and out of pubs watching the game before we went off to Vivid. And every time I went in, I first of all saw the score at 6-0. And then I see Jake Caparillo's your Vidario's Boyd impersonation. Yeah, that was, a lovely, that was a lovely try. You see Jacob Carrasco over halftime and you're thinking, oh, don't worry, Parramatta are going to claw it back. But we didn't see that from Parramatta. And I think at the moment, what's stopping them from being a high-tier team in the calibre of, say, let's go Cowboys, Storm, Penrith, is these shit losses. They had one against the Tigers as well. Yeah. It's diabolical form. And the play that sums it up is Mitch Moses. Yes. Friggin', it, it reminded me of, um, not Max Mannix, because Max Mannix legit threw the ball over the line. <laughs> Luke Keery against Manly last round before suspension of the competition. Now, you know what it reminded me of? Fire it off. Glenn Fischiahi. Oh! <laughs> In our own Queensland final. It wasn't a grand final. It was um, oh, sorry. a regular season match. He does the kiss to the crowd. Wasn't I, sw- I swear it was a grand final. No, you're probably, it was at A&Z. That's probably why you're thinking it's a grand final. It was a regular season match. I'll guarantee okay, yeah. it. Souths were never that good in the other 20s. That probably they did make the grand ended. final in 2010 because that was the year James Roberts went off. Yes. That's why I got confused. Um, okay. but look. You've got to give full credit to Mick Potter here. The turnaround in their attack has been amazing. What was the stat we had? They were the lowest-ranked attacking team with 94 points. Yep. After Magic Round. Mick Potter yep. comes in, they score 96. Well, I'm just going to leave this here. You know, make of this what you will. But Kyle Flanagan had more touches than that. We're waiting for that one. Mike Meehaw Ward, you finally got your wish, my friend. <laughs> yeah. And when Burton got the ball, he was a lot more assertive. 43 touches, only 16 passes. Yeah, he was a lot more of that authority path. And I think with their schedule coming up, they could probably jam at the bottom of the ladder. Yeah, 100%. The challenge um, for Mick moving forward, though, is making sure the, the team plays like that every level every week. Yeah. Uh, looking at the rest of the Bulldogs, seeing who played well, Karaz was awesome, 229 meters. Adokar was awesome, 197 meters, although a lot of that came off intercepts. Um, Paul Vaughan, his best game in a couple of years. 15 carries, 158 meters, 76 post contact. Max King? Max King was absolutely electric, 172 meters. I think whoever managed to sign him to a contract last year, should get a raise. I thought Corey Waddell had a good game too. 15 yep. carries, 135. Yeah. Um, probably the catalyst was that uh, Tavita had one of his good games. Oh, apart from the um, all-in, which had um, Aaron Schopp throw Mitchell Moses 20 metres backwards. Yeah, of course. But <laughs> excluding that. Oh, he know, was outstanding. I thought that was his best game in Bulldogs colours. Yeah, 172 metres. And a couple of offloads to boot. You know? Those are the games that make TPJ at times look like he deserves to be in the Origin squad. And you've got to think now, Tonga's got an impressive chance at the World Cup even before TPJ's name gets thrown in the ring. If you throw his name in the ring now, all of a sudden, they're pretty dangerous. The, if you're the getting, big if, thing with TPJ is he has to maintain this form week in, week out. That's right? what I was getting to. 
the Bulldogs have a you know a very winnable game this week against the Tigers. He has to back up his performance yesterday with another performance this week. Otherwise, did he miss the last Tigers game? The Tigers won that one. Did he miss the game though? Oh no, he Uh, didn't because he said they pass up for Birdo. No, he played. He played. He had an off day. I remember now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I love how with uh, with PCJ we just say he he played, he didn't play, or he had an off day. It's very nice and simplified. Okay, um, percent Can't confirm he did play. He came. It's his only game off the bench this season for the Bulldogs. But we need to talk more about Parramatta. Where does the fault lie? Does it fault in poor preparation, poor execution, poor attitude, or all of the above? I think they got scared. You reckon? I think when the Bulldogs cross for two early tries... They got scared and tried to change their game plan on the. F- that never works. Which never works. Um, you know, let's look at it this way. All right, if you want to find an individual player to lay the blame on, read Marnie. Is this for his free carries for twenty nine meters? Also, three penalties given away. Yeah, he, um, I was reading. I was obviously, as I said before, I wasn't watching the game. But I thought Hux, I saw Hux put a tweet up about it. Um, I might try and get it up quickly about Parramatta must be glad that Reed Marnie's yes. fucking off. Yeah, no, they, they, were, they weren't roped into paying big money for him to stay. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, he was completely outdueled by the player he's supposed to be replacing next season. Ah, I've got it. You can say a lot about the Eels, but that it's clear they made the right decision. Decision not breaking the bank to sign Reed Marnie to a long-term extension. Yeah. Like I said, he was completely outplayed by JMK, and he's supposed to be the one replacing him. That's not a very good look. Cue the three, two, ones. Jeremy Marshall King, three votes. <laughs> look, on this occasion, I'll allow it. Although I will say Ado Carr probably deserves it more. But Marshall King, at the very least, played a good game of footy. Did you um, see um, who's coaching the Parramatta Reels New South Wales Cup team now? No, I haven't actually. So their uh, former their current New South Wales coach, cup coach is now taking over the assistant job of Jane, David Kidwell. So we're going to have our first player coach. Really, Jordan Rankin. Really, Jordan Rankin is the New South Wales Cup coach. Wow, does that make you feel old? Oh, that makes me feel very old. I remember when he was on the Titans. To doing at sixteen. Remember that one? Yeah, wow. was bizarre. But anyway, we've got to get into Graham Annesley's briefing now. It was a quiet weekend of football, but we've got to get into some data relating to football. And we had 332 play the balls in Origin 1. That's down. That's actually quite up from a normal club game. Uh, play the ball speed. Obviously, as we touched on, Reese, this was a particular issue coming out of Origin 1. Obviously. So, New South Wales, when they were the defending team, the play of the ball speed was 3.22 seconds. With all of the media scrutiny that's come afterwards, what do you think the Queensland one was? Um, was it slower? It was fractionally slower. Yeah, thought so. 3.42. So, it was a speed of 0.20, 
It was a speed of 0.2 of a second. Not a massive one as preached by Brandy and Fittler. It's still a faster play the ball that we get in a standard NRL game, which is a 3.59 seconds. But, yeah, it's Origin. Origin's a game of milliseconds, as we say. It's supposed to be faster. 100% it is. Now, ball in play, we actually had seven minutes, sorry, 6.8 minutes of more game time. And the elapsed time of the match was also four and a half minutes shorter of 93 minutes. If that's the case, why can't we just start the game at 7.30? None of this 8.15 shit. I agree. It's, it's honestly insulting. At least at um, least the Sunday match is 7.50. Do you have any other questions on that? No, no question. But I will say, I'm going to give a shout out to a little content creator, we'll say. He does have okay. more followers than me on Twitter, but he's not as well known in the rugby league community. And that is the rugby league eye test. Oh, okay. He, what have we got from the eye test? He has developed a metric called the eye test player contribution rating. Okay. Which summarizes the entirety of a player's performance and gives a grade where zero is average. Okay. Okay. So I want to. Do a quick test with you, AJ. Give it to me. Okay, so there's going to be two questions. Actually, okay. there's three questions, okay? Three questions, okay. Three I need questions. to get my thinking cap on. So question one. Yep. Who would you say was the best player on ground across both teams? I think I've seen this, so I think I know what the answer is. Is it Jack Whiten? Yes, it's Jack Whiten. A metric or... A, a player contribution rating of 1.682, which wow. is marginally larger than Luai oh. and a considerably larger gap larger than Nathan Cleary, who's in third. Cleary in third, wow. Um, so, you know, best Queensland player is Kalen Ponga, closely followed by Cam Munster. Mm-hmm. And then you've also got Payne Haas, Cameron Murray up there, Val Holmes, James Tedesco, Campbell Gillard, Paddy Carrigan. And Tony Staggs as well, which I thought was interesting. All right, next question. Who do you think was the worst player? If it's judged by mediated stats, I'd go probably either Liam Martin or Tarek Sims. You would be wrong on both. Dane Gagai. That's because of all those missed tackles, isn't it? Yes, he had a player contribution rating of negative 4.372. Yeah. Whereas the second place Selwyn Cobo had negative one point two two five. Okay, now last so question. Considerable gap between those two. Last question, and this one's a bit more for fun than anything. Who would you say was the most average player on the field? The player closest to zero. Can I have a hint? Was it a bench player? Yes. Did he play for the Parramatta Reels? Yes. Okay, so we're down to Barlow or Madison. Yep. I reckon Barlow would end up in the negatives because he had a few drop balls, so I'm going to go Maddo. 100% correct. Uh, on both, Barlow is a negative 0.361. Madison, closest player to zero, 0.049. Talk about... um. Minuscule details. Okay, ready to go through the briefing, my friend? Let's do it. Okay, we've got two incidents to come out of this one. First of all, it's from the Rooster Storm game. 
it's more of an explanation than anything, but more importantly, it is not a wrong decision. It was a it was a contentious decision that a try on a try that hadn't been scored. It concerns the Jerome Hughes bombed try, which it was a bombed try, and superhero try saver from my man Joseph Sawali. It's important to note that the ball scraping the grass is not a grounding. Mm-hmm. The referee process was 100% correct when the ball was forced at the time the referee signaled time off. Annesley defending the bunker here because the decision is literally close. Now, the only thing that I don't like about it is how long the process takes in the end goal. Like, it, it was clear Jerome Hughes was held up. The Roosters players probably 40 was held up. Yet, because his momentum was deemed to be continuing and fighting, it's play on. Yeah. But at the same time, you can't set a, you can't set a timer. Yeah. You can't turn around and go, okay, there's two seconds from when the player hits the ground before the ball has to be grounded. Yeah, I agree on that part. I, I wasn't trying to push for a timer necessarily, but more just a question mark on it than anything. Yeah, I get what you're saying, though. Like sometimes you get basically and getting up to play yep. the ball. Other yep. times it feels like the referee is sort of waiting for them to ground the ball. Yeah, it does do that 100. Okay, incident two uh, from the Warriors Sharks game involves a bunker overturn with Ronaldo Mulatalo. Important to note, Annesley is of the opinion that this is a wrong decision. There are two aspects to clear, so that the bunker was clearing here. Uh, the ball carrying arm touching the ground, which was clear, which was clear, rather. It's very close to call as far as the sideline, possibly too close. Considering the live decision of no try, in Annesley's view, it should have been upheld by Adam G in the bunker. There was no sufficient evidence in his uh, judgment to overturn the decision. Yeah, but no, I agree with that. Looking at it live, I couldn't see a con- like an angle which gave me conclusive facts. That Mulatalo didn't go out, and that's the key word in conclusive evidence. Yeah, you could sort of see that he didn't go out, but it wasn't conclusive. There was no camera angle which clearly showed a green line between his leg on the floor and the sideline. One hundred percent, indeed. Okay, it is time for our prestigious low cow of the week. No. Big move today. In my low cow goes to Mitchy Mo, Mitch Moses. Yes. For doing the Akiliawate, I'll call it. <laughs> he did it twice where he ran up and dropped the ball over the line. <laughs> yeah. Wide open, may I add, a killer. Yeah. And one of those was against Brisbane. I'll never forget it. Yeah, one was against Brisbane, one was against the Warriors. It was in uh, incidental seasons. So. But I've yeah. got a supplementary low count from the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Oh boy. It goes to our mate from the land of Great Britain, Lando Norris. <laughs> for yeah. whinging like a baby because, oh, I'm not allowed to pass Ricardo. Ricardo's actually doing well for a change. Because Mind McLaren you, after... didn't fuck the strategy. Mind you, after Daniel had backed out of an overtake on Lando earlier in the race because the team told him not to pass. Exactly, exactly. The clear hypocrisy here is it was almost the fact that it's past the Ferrari power unit is something special. Yeah. yeah. Race, where are you going for yours, my friend? Well, you gave a low cow and a supplementary low, low cow. You can do the same. 
I'm awarding joint walkouts. Oh, this is a first for the league scene. It's a first for the league scene because I can't split these two. They're both just so insanely amazing right. that you can't split them. So give it to first us. First, we're going to stay in Baku. All right. But we're not looking at the Formula One. We're looking at the Formula Two. Uh, Yuri Vips, Estonian driver, Red Bull Jr. He's expected to be competing with the Kiwi Liam Lawson for the AlphaTauri seat either this season or next season. He had a very strong Baku weekend, took pole, led virtually every lap of the race outside of when one car was in front of him and hadn't pitted yet. Oh, no. And then with five minutes left, he manages to crash at the castle section. We love the castle crash. We've all done it playing F1 online. We've all done it. Yeah. Um, and yes. It's those little consistency errors. He's crashed so many times this season. It's almost like if he was more consistent, he'd be winning the championship. Instead, he's outside the top five. Oh, so you're saying Dewan's ahead of him? No, Dewan's not ahead of him, but he's still outside the top five. Oh, okay. Now, who's the second one? The issues of his own. My other one, Christian Volpato. I did see something on your page about this. I yeah. didn't read it, though. Let's give some backstory. So, Volpato was born in Sydney, all right? Mm-hmm. Spent his whole life living in Sydney, played junior football for Sydney FC and the Wanderers, but never nailed down a spot. He then moved to Italy, started playing over there, Managed to get picked up by the youth team of their one of their biggest clubs, AS Roma. Yeah. Put in some good performances in the reserves. Put, came, came on a couple of times for the senior team off the bench. And now the bloke has decided he wants to represent Italy instead of Australia. Does he not realise the bloke... Um... Does, the, does the bloke not realise Australia qualified for the World Cup today? This is what I'm saying, Okay. Back in March, when Australia lost to Japan, which effectively resigned us to third in our group and having to go through the qualifiers, he put a picture on his Snapchat story of the scoreline from the Australia game Mm. with two upside-down smiley face emojis. (laughs) Now, for those of you who don't understand, you know, Gen Z intellect, that basically means... I made the right decision. You were the ones who fucked up. But. The very next day, Italy lost to North Macedonia, which meant they failed to even make the qualifiers for the World Cup. At least we made it. Australia would end up third in their group. They went on to beat the United Arab Emirates last week. And today, on penalties with Andrew Redmayne doing his best interpretation of the Red Wiggle, they went through against Peru into their fifth consecutive World Cup. Toot, toot, chaka, chaka, big grand bus. (laughs) And meanwhile, Volpardo is going to be watching the World Cup at home in Italy while the rest of the Australian squad is in Qatar. Fancy that. The question is how many of the Aussies will actually come back from Qatar, though? Well, look, 
Uh, Matt Ryan put up his um, a video on his Instagram live celebrating, and he gave Andrew Redman a little kiss. So, uh oh, <laughs> both of them end up going missing tonight. We know what happened. Um, uh, the, it's good though. The, the, the time slots are reasonable: six a.m., nine p.m., and two a.m. They're very oh. doable. Yeah. And it's good that SBS has got the, the, the rights. Atari Grand Prix was last year. Jesus. 1 a.m. start. Yeah, it's very doable. It is. Considering that the Rugby League World Cup will be just finished, we'll be used to the early morning start. Definitely, yeah. Indeed, we'll, we'll make do. We will make do. We will indeed make do. But anyway, that will wrap us up for this week's edition of the league scene. As Isn't always, there one more thing to talk about? What did I miss? Uh, we have some news from the NRLW. Oh, yes, we do. My apologies. Now, there is rumoured to be expansion of the NRLW. Now, this was, they were expected to go from six to eight teams this week. But instead now, they're going to make the jump to 10. And I've got reports here from Katie Brown, who works for Seven. And I think she's got a show on SCN, uh, radio station every Friday. So... I, she said that NRL expansion announcement expected tomorrow. Hearing Cowboys, Raiders, Sharks, Tigers will be included. Game will jump to 10 teams next season. Was originally eight. What are your thoughts? My only criticism of this mm-hmm. is that so many of the biggest players who were off contract this year have already signed contracts. They have. But I think there'll, there'll have to be a massive announcement for salary cap purposes about yeah. what happens. And I also think because they're admitting the teams, there's still another season of NRLW to play. We had the one at the start of the season. They want to do another one in the final series. Yeah, that'll be the... Because that's where you're having Boyle and Upton going to Newcastle. And that'll be the 2023 season. Or 2022 season, sorry. Whereas the four teams won't come in until 2023, which is... But who knows how they're going to run that competition, though? Because you could have it go from, say... Summer competing head to head with AFL, or you could have it later in the year like they've had previously. It's a very interesting predicament the NRL will find themselves in. It is, but it's also good for the game. It's good to grow the game, especially, you know, more teams means more games, more games means more viewership, and more viewership means more attention brought to the women in the game who are genuine stars. 100% it is, but. At the moment, you're seeing the slow growth of the local leagues. Like, you've got the Harvey Norman Women's Premiership. They're still trying to get the quality of that right. Do you think the, the problem could lie? And I don't want this to be taken the wrong way. Do you think the like, the problem could lie in terms of quality to be spread across the 10 clubs? Yeah, I would say you're not wrong. I would say there's definitely an issue when it comes to the overall balance of the league. Because you don't want to be in a position where Brisbane dominate year after year after year. I'm just using that as an example because it's what because we've, that's seen. What we've seen so far. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you can argue the same thing happens in the NRL. Oh, there's no you, doubting that. You know, you can argue that the Storm, Roosters, Broncos, every year, one or two of those three teams are always at the top of the table. Yeah. So, no... yeah. 100%. Now, that'll wrap us up for round 14 of the competition. We'll be back on Monday with our round 15 edition. Before, in rep round, we're actually going to do something a little bit different. We're going we're gonna to be recapping rep round. We're not going to forget it because we'll also do our big origin review afterwards. 
So you don't want to miss that coming up in a fortnight. We've got a huge weekend of representative footy coming up in a fortnight. Another big bump around of the NRL season ahead of us. Reese, I'm really looking forward to it, mate. Thanks for joining us once again. All good. Hopefully we get some good footy this weekend and maybe a few surprising selections of the Origin squads. That's named on Sunday. Don't miss it. We'll see you next week.